Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. We're on in Cleveland. I need Cleveland calls. I may have to blow out Frank Schwab coming up in 40 minutes. Connor, you might have to wait to do your uh, to-do worker shoot. Because I'm, I'm in a – I'm on the edge of being in a shoot myself right now. I don't think I'm going to be in a shoot, but I'm on the verge of a shoot. Connor, I'm going to speak through you because I'm still getting this situation taken care of. So today was the first baseball practice that my sons could go to, my two oldest. And Eli's still a little young, and so I figured Eli might have some problems. Problem was is that I'm doing the show. And they usually have practice only on – it was supposed to be only on Thursdays because I think practice one got rained out, or we assumed we, assumed we did, and I had said my, my oldest had lost his baseball glove. I'm not taking a kid to baseball practice without his baseball glove. Thursday came around. Liz was getting her second shot. I didn't know how she'd react. I decided I was going to drive her there and drive her back. The place where she was getting her second COVID shot was uh, an hour and a half away down in Dover, Ohio, which, Connor, you have no idea where the hell that is, but people listening in Cleveland do. So we missed that one. And I said, he's got to go. They got to go to the third. They got to go to practice. They got to go. You don't weigh in. You don't wrestle. You don't practice. You don't play the whole thing. It's T-ball. It's peewee T-ball, right, Connor? It's very competitive. So today, practice is at 1030. I'm going to listen. I'll put Jonah down for a nap. He'll be up in his room. I got my phone right here. I make keep an eye on Jonah. Liz is looking at me right now at the corner of my office. Liz takes him to practice. I didn't think it was going to be great. I didn't think it was going to be the type of nightmare and greasy horror show that it turned out to be. So I'm getting texts. I tried to FaceTime during one of the breaks. I'm getting texts. Eli was walking around the kids as they were trying to bat. Okay, maybe Eli's a little young. We'll, we'll keep Eli home. We tried. We'll keep Eli home. Axel likes baseball. Now, real quick, how was the coach? Was the coach cool with everybody? He's he's a good guy. All right, I'm getting I'm getting his information. I'm gonna because I you know I I I, vo- I will volunteer to be an assistant coach on any team, and he has my help no matter what, as long as I'm able to be there. From my father's experience as a baseball coach. I really do not want to be the manager of a Little League baseball team. Considering what my dad had to deal with, not a chance in hell. If I absolutely were forced to, maybe I would. I do not want to do it. So I'm glad the coach is a good guy. 
This is where we ran into a problem. Liz texts me and says that Axel can't get his bat back. I said, what do you mean he can't get his bat back? His bat is a neon green T-ball Easton baseball bat. Now, at the beginning of this, we have one baseball bat. We have had one baseball bat. That's our neon green baseball bat that I bought. We only have one. What did you do? What did you do? Do we have one baseball bat? So there's a baseball. You thought we had two baseball bats. Okay, thank you. Now the plan comes together. Okay, Connor, you there? I'm here. This is beautiful. I'm so thankful. I am so thankful I got the entire story. So I sent two boys with one bat, figuring, (laughs) figuring that Eli's a little young. And I thought he might not be able to play this year. So now I I said, well, I'm a, I'll, I got two helmets. They both need helmets. I'll buy one bat. I bought one bat. Liz apparently thought we needed two bats because Axel was telling her, and she doesn't know. I packed the bag last night. I packed the bat bag last night. She didn't know. She just believed Axel. It's not her fault. She believed our five-year-old that we had two bats. We only had one T-ball bat. Now this makes sense. I was under the impression that another father had snaked our baseball bat. Apparently, we have our one bat that we bought, that I bought. So there is no exchange of baseball bats. Thank God According to this text and according to the body language my wife is giving me, she did not rip the other father to his face about taking a bat that's technically his, taking his own bat. This is a tremendous relief right now, Connor. Those bats, you know, I had a, I had a kid steal one of my bats back when I played Little League, and then he came to the game the next di- next day with my bat, and I said, you know, I think that's mine. He said, no, I just bought this. Meanwhile, it was my bat from the night before. Did it say your name on it? It didn't have my name on it, and that was yeah. my mistake. <sighs> Can I tell you guys how much of a relief this is? Because that story went absolutely nowhere. It, it didn't go to the place I thought it was going to go. I mean, I'm a person, I love confrontations. I really do. Um, and I thought there was going to be a confrontation at some point, and I'm so relieved. It's like, great, because I, I figure there's going to be some a-hole jerk dad at some point that I have to deal with. I just don't want to be that guy, because I was under the impression that my my kid's bat was stolen, and I was going to go buy him another bat, and that the next baseball practice that I'm at, there's probably more than one green bat that's going to be there. Obviously, there is. So now I'm going to have to figure out which bat is which bat, and i got to keep myself from going overboard on somebody and maybe accosting somebody who might not have anything to do with it in the first place. Because if there's, say there's three green bats, one of them might be mine. The other two, who knows? Who knows which one of those dads was the one who stole my bat? Now, no father stole my bat. I'm so God, I'm happy. This is embarrassing. Don't get me wrong. But I'm very, I'm very relieved now, Connor. Can I tell you how relieved I am? How relieved are you? I cannot tell you how relieved I am because I just didn't want to because I didn't get a chance to t- contact the guy and 
it's just been you know, the COVID stuff and all this stuff. I had to get Liz's shot and all that stuff. I just wanted to be on the same page, the whole thing. And now it's like, great. We're great. We are fantastic. AB says, just a thought. Maybe text or call the college and explain what happened. I, w- I would if I had his number. I, this is easily the worst segment I've ever done, but it is the most relieving segment I've ever done. Because you don't want to – Connor, you don't want to be that guy. You, you end up being the Little League dad, the, the stereotypical Little League dad. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I didn't want to be that guy. Like, my dad, my poor father. Like, there were people who used my dad as a, as a babysitter – and there, you know, the playing time thing, and I just like look, I'm pretty honest about this stuff. I'm a Carmen. I'm not. I, I was pretty good in sports when I was little because I was bigger than all the kids. But once they matured, you get what I'm saying. I was definitely left behind by a lot of great athletes. All right, I never tell lies about how good I was. I wasn't a great athlete, and I figure, I imagine, I don't. My kids can't hear this yet, so it's not like I'm going to hurt their feelings. I imagine my sons aren't going to be the very best. You get what I'm saying? I'll do what I can for them, but I'm going to be, I'm going to do my best to be a realistic dad and say, what Axel's doing is probably the best that we're getting out of Axel. I want to make sure that he tries. I want to make sure that he's enjoying himself, but I want to make sure he gives a good, solid effort so he doesn't regret anything later in his life. I want to make sure he does that. But I'm not going to be the guy to blame dad, or excuse me, to blame the coach over, my son ain't playing or anything like that. I, that's the furthest thing I want to do. So this is, this is a relief. Can we do work or shoot when we come back? Sure thing. All right. We're going to do work or shoot, and also a football coach is just like your dad. I'll pull this thing up, get the nose up on this thing when we come back. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen. CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. I'm so relieved. I'm so relieved. I go through my entire life. Connor, the whole thing is, I don't want to say. I I swear to God, I tell my son, whatever you do, don't be an a-hole. You can be dumb. You can be smart. You can be anything you want. Just don't be an a-hole. Don't be that guy. And if I wasn't... Folks, get all the information. Get all the information before you go make an ass of yourself. Because there's been so many times where I've made a total and complete ass of myself before getting all the information. And, Connor, I almost did it. Thank God I got the whole story. I think you should just make the transition into full Little League dad, like the really fired up guy who's yelling out on the sideline. I think that's what you need to become. I posted the update and said what had happened, and uh, Ryan Lenzel says, further proof, you simply can't trust what the media says. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. John in South Carolina, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hello. Hey, Ken. I, I love hey, your man. show. Um, I Thank always you. try to 
postpone my errands until later in the day when I can listen to your show on the radio. So I tell you what, I feel bad for you now because you could have done anything you wanted in the last segment because the last segment really sucked out loud. But everything else hopefully will be okay. Go ahead, John. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, I just wanted to chime in. When I was a kid, uh, the, the, the person that freaked me out the most was the creature on the movie Salem's Lot. I know, okay, don't hate me. I've never seen Salem's Lot. I know. I know. I know I'm supposed to. I, I know it's one of the movies that are culturally significant that I need to, but I have not seen it. Okay. Well, I'm it'll sorry. freak you out. But uh, the second thing is hearing you talk about Little League and stuff like that, uh, I have the sports ability of a rock. Um, I have no sports ability at all. So um, my dad worked for the Wisconsin Southern Gas Company for 43 years as a street welder, and he was actually welding those gas lines live. I found out later in life, and I'm like, Dad, are you crazy? And he's like, man, as long as oxygen doesn't hit it, you're fine. And I was like, okay. Um, But uh, I had the same myth in the the movie The Sandlot that that kid had, that plastic glove. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I tried, but uh, I didn't make my dad proud in sports. But uh, when I turned 18, I joined the, the military and spent 18 years, and my father was never more proud. Wow. What branch? Navy, Navy Reserve, Army wow. Reserve, National Guard, Active Army. Well, I, I, I hate to sound so cliche, but, John, thank you so much for your service. My producer uh, on my Cleveland show did 12 years in the Air Force. So uh, to <laughs> – I, I know the song about reing up and being crazy and things like that from my buddies who have been in the service. So to re up that many times over, thank you very much, John, and thank you very yeah, much. For yeah, yeah. I just couldn't find a home. So and then <laughs> I finally found my niche in the medical field. So That's I work fantastic. at a hospital doing uh, uh, cat scans. John, I, I can't thank you enough for the call and the kind words, buddy. Take care. Eight five five two one two four CBS. The plastic glove thing. I was one of the kids. I was one of the kids who made fun of the plastic glove. Don't kill me, Connor. I'm sorry. I was I I was a kid. I didn't know any better. And if my dad would have heard me, he would have beat me for it. Yeah, I made fun of one of the kids with plastic. So you were the big kid in little league with all kinds of power, and then you were making fun of the other kids with the plastic gloves. There was one kid who had a plastic glove. One kid, and one time, I can't believe I'm saying this. I was over at my buddy Eric Perry's house. He had two older brothers, and we just did stuff to make them laugh, and we found the kid's – I'm not going to say this other kid's name. We found the kid with the plastic gloves name in the phone book. We found where we found his number, and we called his house and pranked him like a dozen times, two dozen times about the plastic glove. Oh, that's just terrible. The worst thing is, though, that later on in the day, baseball practice came around, and – the kid's mother certainly had words with my father about it, and uh, remember the time when Schwartz get when when uh, the kid blamed Schwartz in Christmas Story about where he heard that word, and the mom starts just beating Schwartz. Do you remember? Did you ever see the Christmas Story? I've Connor? never really seen it in full. No. All right. Well, the rest of America has because you're you. <laughs> and the part where Schwartz starts getting beaten over the phone—that's what happened to me later that night. It was one of those things where my dad, like he had that that part in Goodfellas 
when Robert De Niro's smoking a cigarette at the bar and he's looking over at Maury because he knows what's about to happen, that's what my that's the look my dad gave me. And my dad was smoking at the time. And he's like, we got two hours left in this practice, and guess what happens when we get home? It's the shame bush for you, boy. Yep. Can't be making fun of the kids for the plastic glove. I got a beating for that one. I had it coming. Lee, Cincinnati, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hello. Hey, Ken. Look, first of all, that reference to Christmas story, yeah. I, I, nobody could forget that, man. When he's probably gets a soap pulled out of his uh, mouth and he says, Schwartz. Except yep. Connor. Uh, Connor's never seen it. Connor's uncultured. <laughs> he's a room. Go ahead there, Lee. I mean, that is awesome. But, no, what I want to call it, Sam, I know what Cincinnati needs to do. Cincinnati, as far as their picks, they need to get an offensive line or they're going to be looking for a quarterback in the next three years. Yeah. Another yeah. one, I'm telling you. Joe Burrow, Tony, you just can't keep taking a beat. You know what I mean? Lee, Tony Pauline made me feel better about it. He did because I, I do. I love, Kyle, I love Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is – I think Kyle Pitts has some of the same athleticism that LeBron James has. I think that Kyle Pitts would. I think Kyle Pitts is LeBron if he would have played football. Uh, I love Kyle Pitts. I think that he could take the time, the, the tight end position to another level. I think Jamar Chase is great. I also know you. Hey, you got Joe Burrow for a reason, right? Like T. Higgins is great. T. Higgins was helped out by Joe Burrow. You, like Joe Burrow is supposed to make weapons out of guys. I just don't want to be in a situation where you pick a guy just because he plays a position, and especially that high, like you can't miss that high. You have to have guys who can go right there. So that's that's the only worry I have about that, Lee. That's all. No, well, I agree with you. You know, mm-hmm. that's true. And if he does get a Kyle – let's say they do get Kyle Pitts, he'd be, Kyle Pitts would be to Joe Burrow what Gronk was for Tom Brady, you know, the safety valve. Yeah. Dump it off quick, dump it off quick before you get sacked, before you get hit. Yeah, I, I, you know? I just – yeah, I – I worry about quarterbacks too, and since he's not my quarterback, I can I can say whatever I want to. But you know, I look at where Cincinnati is, and Lee, I don't know how old you are, but you know this: like Greg Cook could have been a great one for the Cincinnati Bengals had he not yep. got hurt. And there's a lot of Bengals fans who look at Joe Burrow and are like, "Dude, we can't we can't go down this road again. We can't do this." Again. Look, man, I'm 50. I know exactly where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I felt the same way. But, you know, but one thing I've got to kind of off the subject that I've got to tell you is, you know, you're talking about how I was a little league coach. I have two daughters, two sons, coached them all through the league, and I was a guy who was stupid enough to be the manager of the team. Okay? But with what you're talking about, you know, that you saw what your dad went through, it, well, it kind of sounds to me like if you love confrontation, you were one of those, you're one of those kind of parents, you know, that the coaches hate. They're like, oh, man, here he comes again. You know, ask me why my kid's not playing. Ask, tell me what I need to do with the team to make it better. Why doesn't he coach? It you know just, what I mean? Yeah. My, I mean, my dad, and hey, he's my dad, right? And Lee, thank you very much for the call. Like, I'm going to defend my dad. He's my dad. I love my dad. And my dad is still a good dad. Like, he's a good dude. I like my dad. But I also know that, yeah, just if you're a manager on a team like Lee was, like, there's going to be parents who hate you and they blame you for their kid not playing. Because no one wants to – I don't want to admit, like, there's going to be things my kid, my kid sucks at. I don't want to admit that he sucks at it. No one wants to admit that. We want our kids to be great at everything. We want our kids to be great at everything. Like, this ain't what I was going to do work or shoot. I was going to do the whole Mac Jones thing. I was going to compare football coaches to your daddy, and we ain't going to do any of that, are we? Sorry, Connor. Go watch Christmas Story between now and the next time we get to do work or shoot, and then maybe you'll be more cultured. You got that? I'll try, but it might end up like the Godfather. It might just stink. Some of you may, oh my God, what are you doing? What are you trying to do?
Someone someone said, write initials on the bottom, save you the hassle in the future. I should write what I should write what what Billy what Billy Rifkin wrote at the bottom of his bat. Maybe that one will work. You would know it's my kid's bat. Eight five five two one two four CBS. I feel any coach who's like a little league manager, I go, yeah, my dad lived that man. You're doing God's work. Robert in Ohio, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hello. Hey, thanks for taking my call. So, Connor, I want to tell you um, to try and build a mental image of what Ken would look like yelling at a Little League game for someone stealing his bat. There's actually a picture of him standing up at a Cavs game shouting. The only difference is Ken would probably have a whistle in his hand. I would not have a whistle in my hand. You would. I would not have a whistle in my hand. Robert. Whistles. I do not. I don't own a whistle. I do not own a whistle. (laughs) That's not you you got to understand this. You guys got to understand this. And thank you very much for the call. The people who listen to the weekday show, I've had the cops called on me more times in Streetsboro, one, than I've ever called the cops on anybody, zero. I've had the cops called on me, something I, would, I didn't even do. I've had the cops called on me here in Streetsboro more than I've ever decided to call the police in Streetsboro, Ohio. You guys got to know that. I'm not going to tell you why, because I wasn't even there. And I got blamed for something I didn't even do, but that's a totally different conversation. Connor, have I told you about that? No, I've never heard about that one. Can I tell you during the break? (laughs) Yeah. Because I kind of want to explain it, and I'm like, no, no, but I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, can't, can't. There's certain things I can't. Eight, five, it was nothing terrible. It involved... It involved fireworks and explosions and fire and the type of thing that I actually like. And I got kind of blamed because there were other people doing fireworks and explosions and things like that out in the woods. And because the police came back there, and because they're 15-year-old kids, they just said, hey, crazy Ken Carmen down the street, he's the one who did that. Go look in his backyard. And all of a sudden, I looked out there. I get done taking a shower in the middle of May, and there's a bunch of Streetsboro police out in my backyard root-hogging around looking for signs that I was setting off explosions back there. I didn't want to tell the story, but, Connor, here we are. You got arrested for having excessive fun. No, I didn't get arrested for excessive fun. I went, what are the cops back there for? And then I watched them leave, and then later on that week, my neighbor told me that, hey, were the cops at your house? I went, yeah, why? He said, did they did they talk to you? I go, no. I go, oh, yeah, they were setting off bottle rockets down there in the woods by the creek, and they blamed you. I went, what? What? Yeah, the 15-year-olds down there. They got that fort down there doing God knows what, and they blamed you. Hand on hand on the Bible there, Connor. That's what happened. I've been waiting to get that story off my chest for a long time, and I decided to tell it. Why the hell not? Thrown under the bus by 15-year-olds. By 15-year-old kids, by 15-year-old punks who live down the street. I shouldn't say punks. He's probably a nice kid. Maybe I'd do the same thing, right? You don't want the cops bothering you when you're 15, 14 years old, probably setting off two-liter bottle rockets, right? A kid Explain like that me. sounds like a kid that would steal a bat in Little League. I just, I, you know what, part of me, since this thing's already gone off the rails, I should be, I shouldn't be upset. I should probably give that kid credit to have the presence of mind to think of that that quickly. To go, it's Ken, not, not us, it's Ken Carmen. he's crazy. He's setting off things on fire left and right down there. That's, that's the guy you want. We're just sitting here hanging out in the woods. Go blame him, he's nuts. He sets things on fire all the time. You've seen the videos. 
I, you know what? I give that kid credit. All right, we got Frank Schwab joining us. We will get back to business. A football coach is just like your dad. That coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll do work or shoot. And the silliest thing I've heard all week coming up at the end of the show, I'm going to rip Connor Green. I'm going to rip other producers for it. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Do we have Marco ready? Is Marco ready to go? Okay. Yeah, it's the latest sports update with the wonderful Marco Belletti. This is the Ken Carmen Show. I want to entertain you guys with some rustling. Is that okay? We'll go right on ahead. Okay. Brock Lesnar. How do you like that? <laughs> it was there. On CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Today, the PGA Tour returns to CBS as many of the world's top golfers descend on the famous Harbor Town Golf Links course in Hilton Head, South Carolina for the RBC Heritage. Live coverage begins today and tomorrow at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific only on CBS. Right there in the middle of Andrew Filipponi's show. You're going to watch the golf. You're going to listen to Pony. It's going to be a great time. Joining us right now on the hotline, as we're inside of two weeks away from the draft, still plenty of news going on. The players say this is where we're making our stand, and it's with these quote-unquote voluntary OTAs. Talk about all of it. We welcome in Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports NFL writer. Follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, thanks for joining us today, my friend. Hey, what's going on? By the way, you were you finished 33rd in the Super Contest? <laughs> yes, I, I – as a joke one time, maybe over some beverages, put that on my Twitter bio, and now it gets brought up all the time. So, I, which I'm not, I'm not uh, against. Trust me. I, I yeah, last, uh, last, the last five weeks of that, or last four weeks of that season, I went sixteen two and two to get into the money. So, I, yeah, it was phenomenal. I, I, I could tell you just about every game that last uh, that last week of the season too that got me uh, over the hump into thirty third. Like I know a couple guys who've done the super contest and they and it's just I, I honestly I marvel. I go, how? How do you finish that well? So I, I mean that I'm like, wow, he finished that well, that great in the thirty in the uh, in the super contest. That's fantastic, Frank. That's amazing yeah, stuff. I, it was it was it was a fun ride and have not come close to thirty third since, let's put it that way. <laughs> Frank Schwab <laughs> joining us on the show. Well, you got one part here uh, about the Colts and what they're over under is where nine and a half, if I'm not mistaken, or, or where it might be. You know, the Colts are a team that not a lot of people are talking about, with the exception of you know, Carson Wentz getting there, about a team that's uh-huh. a serious threat in the AFC. Give me a case for him. Yeah, and this is the team that I, I think I'm just higher on them than everybody else. And maybe I'm wrong. Not wouldn't be the first time, but it's it, everything about that team I really, really like. I think our coaching staff is phenomenal. I, I really do. I think Frank Reich is one of the best NFL head coaches. Their offensive line is great as long as they figure out left tackle, which I think they will in the draft. Uh, you know, I, I'm a little biased. I'm a Wisconsin alum, so Jonathan Taylor, the way he finished last season, really adds a lot to their offense. I, they just have it all, and, you know, defense really good. Darius Leonard. I just see this as a really, really good all-around football team. And then the Wentz is the part that, you know, you're, you're kind of gambling on, right? If if, we, if this was MVP Wentz, it wouldn't be, you know, nine and a half, ten wins. It would be you know, 12, 13 maybe. We, we, have to, we have to kind of take a leap of faith. Is Carson Wentz the guy that we saw before last season, or is this just – is he just – somehow broken I, and I think I think Wright can can quote-unquote fix him I think that he's I think he's going to have a career revival there 
I think it's all set up very well for him. I think the Philly coaching staff was a problem, honestly, after the Super Bowl. I don't think that they did anything right, really. And that affected Wentz, who had only played poorly before last season. He just didn't have a lot around him. And then he just got into these terrible habits of trying to put the whole team on his shoulders and trying to do too much and forcing everything. And that's just not going to work out as an NFL quarterback. So I'm, I'm basically betting on Wentz being the, the guy we saw, maybe not the MVP uh, you know, of 2017, but at least the guy we saw play pretty good football in 2018 and 2019. All you really need him to be, that's a good football team around him. And still, I know yeah. they need help across the offensive line still, but doesn't everybody. I, I, I think that you need him just be, okay, can you can you go back to being just a franchise quarterback, which is a lot, a lot easier said than done. And you just mentioned something there, Frank. Frank Schwab joining us on the show. You just said the magic name there because I, I saw what Warren Sharp had tweeted, and I wanted to shake his hand for it. Because everybody says Kyle Shanahan can win with any quarterback, and he put up all these records about Kyle Shanahan. And I'm not even hit, hit like hammering on Kyle Shanahan or anything, but I go, you want to talk about a guy who wins with many different quarterbacks. Frank Reich's your guy. If Frank yeah. Reich can't figure out Carson Wentz, then, yeah, Carson Wentz is truly broken. Yeah, and, and, and the fact that there's a familiarity there from the Philly days, that plays into my, you know, the landing spot was just perfect. I, Philly, you know, I, I don't want to say they did him a favor, quote unquote, trading him, but they could have sent him in many other spots. He could be a Jet right now and then be his career totally ruined. They sent him to a team that can really put some, put guys around him to help him succeed, whether that's coaching staff, whether that's teammates, whether that's a running game. Off of the line, like you said, they're they're really set up for success. And like you said, if if Carson Wentz can't turn it around this year with Frank Reich, with that team around him, with a great infrastructure, then he's just broken. Uh, this we're just not going to see Carson Wentz get back to what he was. But I've always loved his talent. I've I just kind of have left the light. He was terrible last year. There's there are no excuses for him. No, uh, I'm not going to try to do that. But yeah. I believe in his talent, and he's young enough to turn this thing around still. Frank Schwab joining us on the show. Voluntary OTAs, they going away? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's really interesting because I've done. I've covered this league twenty years, and I've always wondered. Like, it's always been this non-wink show of you know, it was voluntary, wink, wink. Like everybody knew it wasn't voluntary. Like I remember covering the Broncos out here in Colorado, and we would ask, you know, after a practice, we'd ask, or you know, OTA. We'd ask Shanahan, like, okay, why wasn't this guy here? Why wasn't that guy here? It's voluntary, but we all know it's not. And for the players, look, the NFL Players Union has had a tough time getting together on the same page on anything and and kind of fighting the NFL about anything. And I think that it's, it might have been almost an aha moment of, hey, these things are voluntary. We don't have to do this. We can actually band together and put them in an uncomfortable position for once because we both know how NFL coaches are. If, if you gave NFL coaches 23 hours and 50 minutes with their team each day, they would complain about the 10 minutes they don't get. Like yep. they are so controlling over practice and they think that grinding these guys out every single day of practice has to be done. We saw last year that wasn't the case. Uh, anybody who says, oh, the, the NFL really struggled with no preseason, no OTAs, uh, you know, a, a shortened down training camp, they're looking for things to complain about. The game was just what it was. It was, And look at the rookies. Justin Herbert was unbelievable. He didn't have a normal offseason. Justin Jefferson set records. He was great. I, I thought that the game last year was weird in many ways, but one of the things that kind of came out of it was we kind of saw – 
you know what? We really kind of don't need a preseason. We really don't need to have these guys at the facility all offseason practicing. Does it help in many ways? Sure, it does. It helps individual guys. I, I covered Rod Smith, who, you know, he never missed an OTA. He was very proud of that. He was a guy who was kind of a self-made player. So some of those guys, it, it will hurt, uh, you know, but I think at, at the end of the day, you know, players are seeing, like, we have a little bit of power here. We can, and if this is their one way to fight back on the NFL on anything, uh, they're taking advantage of it. I think it's one of the last things they actually have to fight over because I, I just think there's so many guys in that league who just don't have a lot of power, who are 22 years old, yeah. who are looking at the first time yeah. they've ever made money, and they want to keep making that money, so they'll sign anything they can get. And I just I, – I don't think there's anything – I can't see there, Frank, being anything that makes the players' union of the NFL anywhere near as strong as what we see in the NBA or baseball. So I, I have to. Even though, you know, I, I think that the whole player empowerment thing can have a can be a double-edged sword, I actually support mm-hmm. the players in their endeavor for this. Yeah, I do too. It's just been too long. And the NFL has done victory laps over beating them and, you know, labor deals over and over <laughs> and over. It's, it's just the nature – I don't even know – if, I don't know that the leadership has been great for the NFL unions uh, going back in time and all this, but it's just the nature of the game. Look, NBA players, if you're good, you can realistically expect a, you know, Michael Beasley's still hanging around. You can realistically expect a 10 year career. Yeah. These guys in the NFL don't have that. They're largely, I hate to say it, but replaceable. They're only going to be playing a few years. And so when you tell these guys, we need to band together, we need to strike, we need to. The guy who's going to be playing in the NFL for three years, making the minimum, he's like, I'm not. Why, why am I going to give up one year of a paycheck I'm probably never going to see again to fight for something five years down the road when I'm not even in the league anymore? It's just, it's hard for to get these guys to really, uh, you know, strike and 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 really put the screws to the NFL. It's just, it's just the nature of the game. It's, it's hard. It's hard, and the NFL. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't help out any. They know that they have the power in that way, and they're always going to use it. And it, it's, it kind of stinks for the players. So yeah, when when I do see quote unquote player empowerment stuff, I'm all for it because the NFL has just kind of beat these guys down for so long, and, and just kind of treated them, you know, like rank and file employees the whole time, and not given them probably the share of the the immense wealth that the NFL has created. That I, I'm all for it. I think that the, the players should take the power whenever they can. Frank Schwab joining us on the show. So the betting favorite now in Vegas has turned into Justin Fields. Are you with that or are you against that? I love Justin Fields, but I had you on for a reason. You go right on ahead. Uh, we're talking the third pick? Is that what we're talking? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I Look, I, I, I know Adam Schefter. Uh, we covered the Broncos together for one year. I keep bringing up the Broncos for some reason. I know he knows the Shanahan's very well. So – when Adam Schefter comes out and says the pick is going to be Mac Jones, I have a hard time erasing that from my mind. I, he's a he, Adam's a great reporter, and other guys like Daniel Jeremiah have said it. And to me, the 49ers have no reason to put out false information. Uh, you know, we get so tied up and oh, it's smokescreen season, everybody's lying. Yeah, a lot of people are lying, but the 49ers have no reason to lie. Lawrence is going first. Wilson is going second. They can pick whoever they want to three, other than those two. They're not trading down. Like, they've already made their move up. So why would they put out false information? I think Justin Fields should be the pick. I think I love Justin Fields as a player. I'm a, I'm a Big Ten alum. I've watched a lot of a lot of Ohio State. I don't know what. I don't know who he is off the field. I, I can't tell you. I, good or bad or indifferent. I just don't know. 
But I can tell you he's a heck of a quarterback. He is exactly what you want in this modern NFL. I think he's going to be a very, very good quarterback. I would pick him third. But when all these guys are saying, oh, Mac Jones, I know that they're getting it from good sources. Let's put it that way. So I'm, I think San Francisco is going to take Mac Jones. I can't be moved off of that opinion. I think that, that they just love him for some reason, and the system – they march to their own drummer, almost like the Seahawks, their division rival, where they'll make picks and signings where you're like, are you really signing a fullback for this much money? You're really taking C.J. Beathard three rounds before anybody else thought he would? They do the things their own way. They trust themselves. They have this confidence in themselves. And I think that that confidence comes through, and they just, for some reason, honed in on Mac Jones as a guy to run our offense, and I think they're going to end up picking him. Joe Douglas said, and I, I, I don't mean to cut you off here because we only have a few minutes left, but i gotta, I got to ask you this. Joe Douglas said some very nice things about Sam Darnold out the door and said basically that they like Sam Darnold, but this is a chance for them to reset their franchise. If they are able to reset their franchise, say Zach Wilson comes in, makes an immediate impact, and the Jets are no longer the, the Jets, is this something that picks up in analytical points of view in the NFL where, hey, you know, why are we paying quarterbacks $40 million a year when we don't have to and we could just use them up and spit them out the way that we've done with running backs? Yes, I think the biggest uh, market inefficiency is in the NFL is how much mediocre quarterbacks are paid. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being, you know, the 16th, 17th, 18th best starting quarterback in the NFL, but why would you pay Jared Goff that much money, right? Like, I, it just doesn't make any sense. It's I get paying Mahomes. I get paying Rodgers. These guys are, are freaks. They're great. But I think teams get too caught up in, you know, we can't lose our quarterback. Well, what are we going to do when, you know, and I get it. It's hard to find a quarterback. It's, the Bears haven't had a first-team all-pro quarterback since in 1950. Like it's, it can be hard. It can be a long, long road. But – why pay a mediocre quarterback $25, $30, 35000000 million? I don't get it. It's, it's just not good business. You're not going to be able to build a good team around him. But it's hard for an individual team to kind of have the courage to say, we're not going to pay this guy. We're going to let him go. We're going to draft somebody. We're going to have that guy in his rookie deal. And I thought the Rams actually were going to do it. I thought that they were going to trade Goff away and, and just have McVay trying to turn somebody into the next Goff. But even they couldn't do it because you worry – if you let a, a middle-of-the-road quarterback go and your next guy comes in and stinks, well, you're not drafting the next quarterback. There, there's no patience in the NFL. You're going to get fired. So yeah. I get, I got to get it, but I, I agree with you. I just think I think teams should look at that option, but they just don't because these are still human beings if you're getting fired from their job. And it just makes me think, man, like, I got to tell you, Frank, I, I, I've just given up on the on the Bears. Like, I see all these people ripping Ryan Pace. I'm like, he knows he's going to get fired after this year. You know he is. Why do I got to spend a bunch yeah. of time ripping Ryan Pace up and down? He took a bet. He <laughs> lost on the bet. Yeah, that's that's the way she goes. And now they have Andy Dalton. And that, yep. that's probably – and they, they weren't able to get Russell Russell Wilson. And uh, bye-bye. Thanks for your work. I don't I don't need to yell at the guy. I don't need to do that. Yeah, so. I, I, you can only imagine what's privately going on in, in Pace, yeah. probably even Nagy, when – you know, this was their, you know, this is their all-in off season, right? Like, you better win, you better go to the playoffs. You're not going to keep your job, and you strike out on all your quarterback options, and you're like, oh wow, we're staking our reputations and our jobs on Andy Dalton. Great, 
<laughs> it's, you just have to be, you have to just know what's coming next. And I feel bad. Like it's, it's a rough life and it's a <laughs> NFL is a, a rough business. You usually don't even get the patience that those two guys have got. And I'm so, absor- we're all so self-absorbed with our own teams. that the only thing we can say about the bears is, Hey man, sucks to be you, Frank. We can't thank you enough for the time. <laughs> Follow this man on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, take care, buddy. Hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It was good. Thank you. Frank Schwab joining us. Yahoo sports NFL writer. Again, follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. 855-2124-CBS. I hear these rants and these these folks losing their mind on Ryan Pace. I'm like, why am I why am I picking on Ryan Pace? I'll talk about Joe Douglas. I'll challenge Joe Douglas and, and, and all the other people out there. Ryan Pace is done. We all know Ryan Pace is done. What's the point of yelling at him? He knows he's done. He knows he messed up. Tried to bail himself out with Russell Wilson. Didn't get a chance. It's a shame. You built a pretty good football team other than the quarterback. And missed on the quarterback. And personally, the quarterback that he picked, I really like that guy. Comes from good stock, good family, good guy. So it hurts to admit that. Yeah. Why do I got to yell at Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? They'll probably go out there. They'll probably be sub-500 this year with Andy Dalton. They won't make the playoffs. Ryan Pace will get fired. Matt Nagy will probably get fired. And away they go. And they'll restart with another coach, another general manager, and probably another quarterback. It might suck for a Bears fan considering how deep this quarterback draft seems to be. I mean, you got you got five guys who they're not all going to be great. There's going to be a couple of busts in there, but your odds are pretty good. You can't get Lawrence, you can't get you can't get Wilson. Now there's a question of whether or not you can get Fields or you could maybe move up and get one of the other one if you if you had any draft stock to move. The Russell Wilson thing was a weird flirtation for a minute. You're not able to do it. So we all know what's going to happen. Enjoy this year the best you can. Sharpen up your resume. Get your references ready. It's going to be a rough season. There'll be a lot of Bears fans who take their, their frustrations out on you. But it's been fun. We'll all move on. 855-2124-CBS. There's no reason for me to yell at them. Coming up next, a football coach is just like dear old dad. I'll explain it. Plus, work or shoot, 1.20 p.m. Eastern. It's Ken Carmen, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.